Any successful plan requires wisdom and preparation, and retirement is no different. It's time for the Plan Wise Retire Free Podcast. Welcome into this edition of Plan Wise Retire Free with Jude Wilson from Centrust Financial Strategies. Got an exciting episode this week, a little something different for folks. Lee Pancake is joining us from Tim's Wine Market to talk about wines and wine pairing uh, and just giving us some interesting things to think about uh, if we are interested in those kinds of things. So it should be a fun, slightly different episode here on Plan Wise Retire Free with Jude Wilson. So Jude, take it away. Lee, happy to have you here today. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me here. I am so happy that you're here because wine is one of those topics that I feel guilty about. And let let me tell you why. Sure. I I believe at this age of my life, at this stage of my life, I should know more about wine. I should be sophisticated. I see friends and family and clients drinking wine all the time. And I'm about as simple as you get. Just give me something sweet. And that's all I ever asked for. So I'm glad to have an expert here that can teach us a little bit about wine. Happy to do it, and I and and trust me when I say this is not the first time I've I've heard someone say this. I I hear I hear this all the time, and this is this is something that you know my generation and the wine community as a whole is is really trying to help fix in a way because we we want our consumers and we want our customers to be confident in their wine choices, whether they're with me in one of my stores or in a restaurant somewhere on their own, or if they're on vacation in, in a different store. So we want to instill that wine confidence in the consumer, and and I'm happy to be here to you know help facilitate that today. Well, wonderful. Well, let, let me start by saying, I know it may sound weird that a financial planning firm is talking about wine, but okay. <laughs> but here's the reason why. At our sure. firm, we love to do fun events for our clients and then educational yeah. events. So we normally awesome. do a fun event maybe once a quarter. We've had uh, our clients go to Top Golf. Uh, we've done uh, painting with a twist. Yeah, uh, we've done all kind of events to to just bring some leisure to the client. And we once did a wine tasting at Tim's uh, Wine Market. So awesome. we 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 did use your services. But today, Fantastic. I, I want to specifically talk about you, how okay. you got into the industry. And sure. then I want to talk a little bit more education about wine itself. Is that all yeah. right with you? Sounds great to me. All right. Wonderful. Well, tell me, first of all, how did you get into the industry? Why Why? Why this? <laughs> Nepotism strikes again, right? Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll outline it pretty simply. When when I was, um, this was about 2011, and, and I was working as a lifeguard and swim lessons instructor for Orange County Parks and Recreation. And I, I had done about four summers doing that, and I was ready to find a job in air conditioning, at least until I finished up college. I was at UCF at the time, and I was uh, over at my grandmother's uh, timeshare, um, a place we call the Summer House, if, in case we <laughs> refer back to it later. And uh, I was talking to my, my uncle, Tim, who uh, is the owner of Tim's Wine Market. And I, I just, I don't remember what we were talking about. I was probably just saying, you know, I... I don't know what to do. I, I want to find another, you know, doing something, you know, I, I, I don't want to be a lifeguard anymore, something along those lines. And, uh, and he was like, well, I just so happen to have a summertime position. Why don't you come in and move some boxes around for me and, uh, and, and see what you think? So 
fast forward October 2011, I uh, got I went first day, moved stuff around. I'm reading labels. I don't know what any of this stuff means. So what what do you do? What do you do in that situation? You start googling things, right? So I I'm 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 immediately you know going home. I'm, I'm looking at you know Cabernet Sauvignon. I don't know what that means. Googling it. It's a grape variety. Fantastic. It's great. I still don't know what that world. means, but I, well, <laughs> but you're the I, expert. I've, I've, I've got you. So, so I, uh, let's just say, you know, really, you know, shortly after that, I was bitten by what we call the wine bug and, and there was no going back for me. I, I mean, I, I had found something that, that was so deep. I'm a, I'm, I'm a person that's thirsty for knowledge, no matter what I'm studying or, or talking about, just what I, how I am, Tom built. And, and when I found this subject, that seemingly has no end to it as that it's evolving every single day. I was just, I was taken. And, uh, and here we are about, uh, you know, 12 years later almost. And it's all I do. I live, breathe, sleep it. It's my whole thing. And, and it started out as, you know, a part-time thing, you know, trying to finish up university. I graduated from UCF degree in management and, and entrepreneurship. And thank yeah, go Knights charge on. And I, uh, I really wanted to, um, uh, continue my path. It just so happened there was a full time position available at Tim's Wine Market. I jumped in there, and then here we are. You know, general manager of the Orlando store. I work with all the franchises. I own an education company called Slate Wine and Spirits Academy, where we provide WSET qualifications and certifications. So it's it's grown into something a lot larger than what I initially anticipated back in 2011. But here we are. It's been a very worthwhile adventure so far. Wow. That's a great story. It sounds like wine is truly your passion. That's what I do. It's my passion. It's my whole world. Well, then I I couldn't ask for someone better to be on the podcast today. So I told you we we do fun events for our clients. Yeah. And several times a year during COVID, we never did them live, obviously. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Previously, we had done a wine tasting at the store, at your store. So tell me your experience twofold now. Sure. One with virtual wine tastings. How do you how do you pull that off and make it successful? <laughs> yeah. And then let's then we'll go into real wine tastings. Yeah, on the on the virtual side, you know, as a retailer, you have to sort of answer this question uh on both sides of the coin because one side of the coin is obviously you want to create this um worthwhile and very very high quality education experience. But on the retail side, you also want to create an avenue for sales. And that's the, the sort of difficult part of it is that, you know, when, when you don't have the customer there with you in the store, you're really relying on this high quality education experience that will hopefully in the future uh, sort of breed an opportunity for that customer to come in, see you and purchase the wine. Around that time, we started um, sort of reaching out into the e-commerce space at Tim's Wine Market. So that that sort of helped alleviate that problem where we weren't seeing a lot of retail sales after virtual um, events. But there is there is really no substitute, in my opinion, for an in-person wine event for a number of reasons. You take a person like me who's incredibly passionate about what we do, it is much more difficult to sort of translate that passion over a virtual space rather than doing it in person. You sort of have this opportunity to monitor your your participants in person and see that light bulb turn on and see that passion right. ignite in the crowd. Whereas online, it's a lot harder to sort of manage, you know, 20, 30, 40 faces um, at one time in, in a Zoom scenario like what we have today. So 
while the virtual space is challenging, I think on the education side, it's a wonderful tool. On the sales side of things, it does present challenges for sure. That makes a lot of sense. And as I mentioned a couple of times before, the the live version that we did at your store, it went yeah. off so well. It was one of awesome. our most uh, well-reviewed events. And I'm we so do, glad to hear that. We do a ton, we do a ton of events. So <laughs> to be at the top of the list, that means that you guys did something really good. So well, let's talk you. about a live wine tasting. Sure. Um, if someone wants to hold it in their home, yeah. What do you do? So th- there's tons of options. Um, you know, we we have, and I, I I've tried to estimate this number. I don't know how many times, but we've we've done on-site and off-site tastings at least one a week for the 28 years that we've been in business. It's something that we're very, very familiar with. Obviously, when you come into our store, much like what what you all did and had an event in one of our physical spaces, we have a lot more control over what we're doing, what we can do, and sort of the the outcome of the event. Now, if we take that event off-site, you know, we can do a lot of those same things. Um, but, you know, the uh, the... The type of event that we do and, and, you know, sort of fitting it to the space which we're going to use when we get to the site um, sort of all has to do with how big it is, how many people are attending, if we can do a sit down lecture format class in that space, or is it going to be what we sort of call the pour and chat where, you know, we're there as the floating wine professional expert and we're pouring wine for these clients, participants, family members, and we just sort of answer questions and give elevator speeches on the wines as we go. And that's generally what we do for these offsite events when we go and do them in like a financial firm or a doctor's office or a private residence. We're doing sort of a, a porn chat. Let's call it like a wine TED talk, if you will. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I like I like that analogy to wine TED yeah. talk. We have clients across the United States. So it'd be kind of difficult Fantastic. to fly everybody into Tim's uh, store, yeah, your yeah, store. For sure. But Tell me, uh, to pull off a successful virtual wine tasting, what are some yes. of the things you would recommend? So having somebody, you know, like me or or somebody else in the industry who is, um, one, well-versed in technology, uh, and two, uh, has experience with doing any type of virtual wine tasting, making sure that you send out enough information in advance so that all participants can have um, everything that needs set up by the time the call or the event begins, you know, simple things. I'll just outline a few, right? So when we're when we're talking about um, tasting and evaluating wine, you want a couple of things. One, you want to be in a space that has good lighting. I'm in a space that has great lighting right now. You want to be in a space that doesn't have any strong odors or smells. You don't want to be able to have a clean palate. You don't want to have to have just drank a whole pot of coffee. Then you're not going to be able to taste anything. <laughs> right. um, you know, and and to give those participants a little bit of information about the wines ahead of time, just to give them a little bit of a clue as to, you know, what subject matter in each wine we're going to be talking about. It's really that sort of, um, you know, setup to the whole event that really makes a big difference during the time of the event. That way, when there is time for questions, you know, there, there are really meaningful, really high quality questions rather than, so, uh, you know, tell me the difference between, um, the, the Chardonnay and the Savion Blanc again, I think I missed that. Well, you know, we, uh, refer back to the educational material we sent you before, and I'll give you a brief overview of that. That way you have a lot more time for, um, you know, questions and answers and also time with the professional on that call. 
Well, time is of the essence. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to make sure I'm using the best of use of your time. And I'm loquacious, so I'm, you're you're uh, <laughs> you, you you set me up. It's like t-ball over here. You and I both. We might be a bad pair. <laughs> Speaking of pairing, see how I mm-hmm. transition that. Love that. Uh, <laughs> tell me about your experience, or or how a customer should go about pairing wines with food mm. when they're doing or when we're doing a wine tasting. Yeah. Um, so th- this is a really, I'm going to say a touchy subject, but it's it's a very highly contested subject. To me, you know, personal preferences first and foremost matter more uh, than the actual, you know, pairing itself. And I'll give you some examples. When you think about sort of the benchmark of the textbook wine pairings that exist, one of the biggest ones is champagne and oysters. I love champagne and oysters. Really? But oh yeah, absolutely. That's like uh, God's gift of wine pairing. But <laughs> if the person you're tasting with or a participant in your group is allergic to shellfish, all of a sudden that is the worst wine pairing that exists. So the first thing you have to sort of take into account is personal preferences, um, and and to always keep in mind that food has more of an effect on wine than wine has on food. And what that should tell really? people is, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that is why for the most part. When you are figuring out a wine pairing, you should really have in front of you the full menu uh, as far as the culinary side is concerned before you start thinking about the wine pairing. That way, you can sort of ease into the wine pairings rather than having to fit what you're cooking to the wine that you've chosen. And in most cases, the wine you choose is going to go just fine with what you're drinking. But there are some guidelines you can follow to sort of help you along that path. To choosing a better um, a better wine pairing, and I'll give you one rule right off the top: match the intensity. If you're eating a really intense meal, you're going to want to pair that with an intense uh, a wine that's of the same level of intensity. I'll give you an example: you're going to a steakhouse. You know, you, you think about wine pairings with steak all the time. You hear about it all the time. If you go to a steakhouse, you order a beautiful medium rare bone in T-bone, ribeye, whatever the case may be. That's going to be, I'm t- I'm with you. I know. I'm with, listen, that's what, that's what I'm doing all, all day long. <laughs> but if you order Pinot Grigio, whether you like Pinot Grigio or not, if you order Pinot Grigio with that steak, you're not going to taste the Pinot Grigio. So sure, that pairing will work if you love Pinot Grigio, but you're going to be much better off with a fuller bodied, more intensely fruited red wine. Think Cabernet Sauvignon. Think Syrah. Think Sangiovese from Italy. Those three grape varieties will serve a lot better, one, because they're higher intensity, but also because they're higher in acidity and tannin. Those are two of the main constituents in wine that really help pair with food. When you taste something that's really high in fat or has a lot of oiliness to it, like you know, a, a, a fattier steak, like a ribeye, and you have a wine that has a lot of acidity or a lot of tannin, that'll help cut through that little wave of fattiness that that steak has and sort of help balance it out a bit more on the palate. You know, wow. and there's a lot of these guidelines that that um, that exist. And if you're really interested in that, I mean, we do a, a, a massive piece of this in the WSCT Level 1 Award in Wines, um, which is a course that I teach. So, you know, food and wine pairing is a delicate subject, but one that can be dissected by using a few pretty easy to follow guidelines. Well, speaking of guidelines, I've got three last questions for you. Please. Number one, generally, give us a general rule of when to 
pair a white wine or when to pair a red wine. Just just a general rule for each. General rule. And then, and then, and then I'll wind up with my last question. Absolutely. General rule, white wines with white meat, red wines with red meat. If you want to keep it that simple, I'm all good with that. Think about it in terms of sort of a scale, right? If you're having fish, start with a, a lighter white wine. Totally good with that. Moving on to chicken, think about more of a medium bodied, you know, white wine, something like a a Chenin Blanc or some Savion Blancs even. But if you're going to go into pork, you know, white Burgundy, Chardonnay, that's a fantastic pairing there. But when you jump into the red meats, lamb, beef, et cetera, you want Cabernet Sauvignon, you want Syrah, you want Dolcetto Barbera, something that has some mass and texture to it to lead that food pairing. Wonderful. Now, I would be remiss if I Mm -hmm. didn't ask you the question that you probably hear every day. Sure. With a name like pancake what wine goes best with pancakes i i think i think we we go back to the the fun topic of breakfast foods and wines you know breakfast wine pairing you know if i'm having pancakes i'm probably eating in the morning which means i'm going to want a glass of champagne something that has a little acidity some bubbles to sort of wake me up and get me a refreshing palate feel and go along with that little bit of sweetness that those pancakes are going to provide but champagne and pancakes you're doing the right thing there. <laughs> well, you knocked it out of the park. I thank wanted you. one, I want to thank you. But lastly, I want to make sure people know how to get in contact with you. I know we did your introduction in the beginning, uh, but you have two sides of of the hat that you play, I guess. Uh you've yes. got you, Tim's wine bar and you also have education. Tell us a little bit about that and how can people get in contact with you? Absolutely. So I'm the general manager of Tim's Wine Market. If you're interested in holding an event in your home um, or want to buy really high quality, fine, family owned and operated wines from wineries that we absolutely love and know well, contact me, Lee at Tim'sWine.com or 407-895-9463. If you're interested in taking your wine passion further and you want to solidify your hobby or passion in the world of wine, Contact me at Slate Wine and Spirits Academy. So SlateWineAcademy.com or Lee at SlateWineAcademy.com. I'm here to help and here to teach. And that's Lee Pancake. Don't forget about the pancakes and the bubbles. That's right. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you educating us. And we can't wait to do an event with you in the near future. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. We always appreciate your time and for checking out the show. We thank our special guest, Lee Pancake from Tim's Wine Market. Again, you can find them online at timswine.com. And don't forget to reach out to us here on the podcast. If you've got some questions, need some help, get onto the calendar with Jude and the team at centrustfs.com. That's centrustfs.com. You can find all the good tools, tips, and resources there, as well as schedule some time uh, with the team or subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify. We'll see you next time. The preceding program is sponsored by Jude Wilson, who is solely responsible for its content.